Welcome to the Generation Arrow podcast. Generation Arrow provides wisdom and instruction for raising children to fulfill their God-given purpose. And now here's our host, author, teacher, and leader mom, Keely Schaefer. Hello there, family. What a great day to be together. And I'm so grateful that you'd made the choice to listen to the show today. Since the Generation Arrow podcast began a couple of months ago in June, I've had the opportunity to meet so many of you listeners uh, through my Instagram page at Generation Arrow underscore official. We have had conversations through DM, and I've learned about you. I've learned about your families, your kids, and I've even been able to pray with you on some occasions about some of those challenges that you've been facing, maybe personally, as a parent, and it's just been so beautiful to meet the faces and the families behind the names. If you're not following me on Instagram or Facebook, I'd love to get to know you more and more. I'm going to leave the links to those accounts in the show notes below. But Generation Era, we're here to provide wisdom and instruction for raising your children to fulfill their God-given purpose. That's what we're all about. And I'm so thankful for all the great feedback that you all have been giving me. It's cheering me on. It's burned me on. Thank you all so much. But today's topic, it's one that I think probably caught your attention in the title, and that is no more griping and complaining. And as a mom, as a dad, as a caregiver to a child, that's easier said than done, isn't it? But I want to get into the meat of this, and by the end of the podcast, I believe you're going to see why griping and complaining, it's such a bad idea, it's such a bad habit, and why it's in our best interest as a family to not just walk away from it, but run as fast as humanly possible. Griping and complaining, it is such a part of our day-to-day life, isn't it? It seems that it is a basic form of con- communication and, and connection with other people. You know, almost every time that I go to the grocery store, it's not every time, but almost, if I ask the cashier how they're doing today, most of the time I'm going to hear, oh, I'm tired, you know, or I've I got three more hours to go and I'm out of here, or yeah, I, we're so busy, I, I didn't get my lunch today. You know, it's just, it's all over the place. And then there are those who, quote, quote, joke complain all the time. You know, those who they add this little smirk or this dry laugh to the end of a complaint and voila, suddenly it's a joke. I had this relative who was like that. He just used to string every answer with some kind of funny complaint to it. So if I asked him, how's your day going today? He'd say, well, I'm going under, just trying to get over. And then he'd laugh. He just thought he was so witty, but it was not good. This guy was Mr. Complainer, USA. But it's almost like a lot of people feel guilty to say something positive because they don't want to offend the majority of people who think they're having a really bad day. But our words, they are very powerful. Proverbs 18, 21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So what are you saying about your life? 
What are you saying about your kids? What are you saying about your spouse? What are you saying about your ex-spouse? Whatever it is, it's going to either bring life or death into your home. In Philippians 2.14, in the King James Version, it says, Do all things without murmurings or disputings. So how many things are we supposed to do without murmurings or disputings? It says here, all things. There's a lot of alls there in the Bible. I seem to be bringing those out lately, but hey, I didn't write this, y'all. It's in there. All things. And you may say, wow, Keely, I am not sure about that. I don't even think it's possible. But family, it is right here. We can do this. In 1 Corinthians 10, about the first 10 verses, you can, you can check it out. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'll give you a little bit of a summary. But this passage is talking about the Israelites and how God delivered them from Egypt. They, they passed through the Red Sea. It talks about how they drank water from a rock, all different things that God had done for them, but he was not pleased with them. And it was because they had committed several bad acts against God. But in verse 10, it talks about the way that they spoke. And it says, Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. So they're murmuring, they're complaining, they're griping. Look what it did. It opened up the door to the destroyer. And guys, this is why complaining is so bad. And it's why the Bible is so strong about not doing it. It's because it makes you vulnerable to destruction. Complaining, it gives the devil access in your life and in your family. Now, most people, they don't believe this. Because they don't have one problem with just spouting off whatever comes to their head. But I'm showing you right here why complaining is so dangerous. It allows the enemy access to our families. And we need to purpose in our hearts that our homes are going to be a murmur-free zone, a grumble-free zone, a complaint-free zone. Now, we're not going to be able to control everybody, but when it comes to us and our kids, we should be a witness and a light of a different way to talk. We don't want to be condemning other people. We don't want to be complaining about everything and giving access to the destroyer. And as parents, uh, the greatest influence that we will ever have, it is on our kids. If we're griping, if we're complaining, guess who's watching? Guess who's listening? It's our kids. So when you see something on the news, instead of saying, ah, that's ridiculous, our government's going down the tubes, you could say, hey, this looks really bad, but let's trust God. God, speak to our leaders. Give them guidance. We bless this country. Let's say when your child comes home and they're complaining about how dumb their homework assignment is, you can turn it around and say, well, I know it may not be something that you want to do, 
But God, he, he sees your heart. He's going to reward you for getting it done and for doing your best. You know, we should always be looking for the positive in the situation. We always need to look for the hope that's right there in the moment. And believe me, I, I know how it goes. Sometimes you just have to pause for a bit, get it together. But there's always a possibility for God to work in every situation. In Matthew 12, 37, it says, By your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And what does justified here mean? By your words you'll be justified. Well, another word that you can use here would be judged. So by your words you'll be judged, and by your words you'll be condemned. So whose words are we talking about here? Your words, not God's words, not the devil's words, not other people's words. No, it's your words. And we're blessed or we're cursed by the words that we speak. And you may say, Keely, God can do whatever he wants to do. He's God. It doesn't matter what I say. Well, yeah, he can. And you know what he's decided to do as God? He's decided to give you a free will. And he's decreed that according to what you say and do, that's the way it's going to be. You know, in the, in the book of Exodus, the Lord told the Israelites that he was going to give them the promised land. And he miraculously brought them out of Egypt where they were slaves for hundreds of years. And he did this mighty miracle. He split the Red Sea. They walked across in, in dry land. He fed them with heavenly bread, manna, every day, their clothes, their shoes. They never wore out. And do you know what they did? They griped and they complained the whole time. They questioned God continuously. They didn't believe that he was able to bring them in safely to the land that he had given them. And you know what they kept saying? We're going to die out here in the desert. Wish to God we would have already died or died in Egypt. Read it. <laughs> Look at it. It's there in Exodus and in Numbers. So God, he was saying, go into the promised land. The promised land belongs to you. And you know what they were saying? We're going to die out here in the desert over and over and over again. And do you know what they got? They died out there in the desert. And even though God's plan was for them to experience abundant life in the promised land, their words overrode his plan and they died in the desert and God won't. And actually he can't override your will. Now going back to first Corinthians 10, 10, neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed by the destroyer. The word murmur here in the Hebrew literally means to stop or to stay permanently. It means to be obstinate. You know, I grew up on a dairy farm in northern Indiana, and we had to herd the cows from the field back into the barn. And from time to time, you get a cow that would just plant their feet and they wouldn't move. And you try to shoo them to the left or the right, and they weren't having it. They just stood there. They wouldn't move. 
So what this word is saying is when you murmur, when your kids murmur, when you gripe, when your kids gripe about something, when you complain, when your kids complain, you're going to stay right where you're at. You're going to be stopped in your tracks. You will not move. You will be there permanently. That is something to think about, y'all. You know, our daughter Delaney, she's about to begin her third year in college, and she attends a private Christian university. And not long into her first year of college, she called her dad and she said, Dad, my teacher, and I'm not sure which subject that he taught, but she said, my teacher is so boring. I can hardly focus in class because my mind is just wandering. He's not interesting at all. I just don't know if I can take this for the whole semester. So Kev said to Delaney, you know, I had that same thing happen in Bible college with one of my teachers, and I just started praying for him. And I prayed that he'd be enthusiastic, that the Lord would help him to skillfully teach us in a way that we'd be able to receive the information, that he'd be interesting. So Delaney said, okay, Dad, I'm going to do it. And, you know, it wasn't two weeks And she called us and she was so excited. She'd been praying for a teacher. And that day in class, he relayed such impactful and interesting lesson that she went right up to him after class and she thanked him for such a wonderful lesson. And she began to talk to him about a few key things that really spoke to her heart. And he was so appreciative for her feedback. Well, fast forward about a month later, Delaney gets an email from this same teacher. And who would have known, but he just happens to oversee the president's council meetings for the university. And he asked if Delaney would be interested in being a part of this small group of students who meet weekly with the university president to kind of be a voice for the student body. And they talk about campus life, chapel services, meal plans. I mean, all kind of things. And so she did that. Well, her second year of school got another email from that same teacher. Hey, Delaney, will you be on the President's Council again this year? We just appreciated all of your feedback and would love to have you on the team again. And so she said, yes, I don't know, maybe a month into the school year, six weeks, she gets another email from this teacher. And he asked if she'd be willing to speak a message at chapel to share with all the other students. Guys, this was a total honor. And it allowed her to share her heart with several thousands of her peers. And to be able to grow and expand beyond where she had been before, it really helped her to grow. It was just amazing. And guess what? Here's her third year, another email. Delaney, can you be on the President's Council again? Are you seeing this? If our daughter... If she would have decided to gripe and complain all year long about this teacher, she would have never been in the place that she's at right now. She would not have moved forward. She wouldn't have grown. 
she received that promised land experience by choosing not to gripe and complain, but to pray and to expect good things to happen with this teacher. And God, he was able to open up a bountiful treasure of things for her, something way beyond what she could ever hope or imagine. And we want those promised land experiences for our kids, don't we? But they can't go in griping and complaining. You know, I think about Joshua and Caleb. They were two of the 12 spies who went in to scout out the promised land and to come back and let everyone know what they found. Well, 10 of the spies were like, it's a no-go, folks. There ain't no way we're taking that land. There's giants. There's walled cities. We're like tiny bugs in their eyes. They're going to squash us. It just ain't happening. God doesn't know what he's talking about. But Joshua and Caleb, they had a different spirit about them. Do you think they saw those giants? Do you think that they saw all of those obstacles that were in front of them? They sure did. But they were like, we're going in. We can take this thing. We can do this. It's our land. God will help us possess it. Let's go. So 10 people said, no go. But two said, let's go. And that's going to be your kids. They're going to be the ones who face adversity, discomfort, and obstacles with a different spirit. Just like Joshua and Caleb, they're going to look at things differently from another perspective, from a God perspective, from a faith perspective. Guys, faith does not complain. It expects. It hopes. It believes. Come on, y'all. Are you hearing this? What have you consistently complained about for years? Is it your job? Is it your kid's health? Is it your purpose? Is it your finances? I promise you, God's trying to get that new job to you. He's trying to open up increase in your life. He's trying to bring healing in your home. He's trying to help you grow your marriage. He's trying to help you to figure out why your daughter's having such a problem in math. He's trying to help you figure out why you're not getting along with your son. Don't miss out on the promised land that he has for your family by giving in to griping and complaining. Don't open the door to the destroyer in your life. Learn from the Israelites. Don't let your kids open up the door to the destroyer in their lives by murmuring. Expect only the best from this day forward. In Psalm 141.3, it says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. That's a great scripture. You may need to write this scripture down on a note card or a piece of paper and hang it on your bathroom mirror. We need God's help in guarding our mouth and keeping watch over what we say. Remember, it wasn't the walled cities. It wasn't the giants in the land that kept the Israelites out of the promised land. It was their mouth. Now let me lead you in a prayer today as we ask the Lord to help us. Dear Lord, set a guard over my mouth. Help me to stop saying bad words. 
Show me when I'm griping. Show me when I'm complaining. I don't want to give access to the destroyer. I repent. And I will choose to say what you say. Not what I feel. Not what I see. Help me to be a witness to my children and others in this area. I expect to see the promised land for my entire family. In Jesus' name, amen. Expect the best, family. God is with you, and there is no need to complain ever again. You can do this. Until next time, be abundantly blessed, and may our arrows be mighty on the earth. We hope this podcast has enriched your life and given you some valuable resources on raising your children. For more information about Generation Arrow, visit our website at generationarrow.life. That's generationarrow.life. And may our arrows be mighty on the earth.